Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm excited to be joined by the wonderful Joshua Dela Cruz to talk all about his latest movie, Blue's Big Big City Adventure. Um, and kind of going back to when you were first cast in working in the, the Blue universe and when you first auditioned for the show to host it, um, I was I was interested in, in that journey of auditioning and, you know, in essence, you didn't realize that Steve was actually in the room at the time and that he was behind the curtain. Um, and just the idea of, of him being asked if he had any notes notes to give you and and him not having any actually opening up a, a sudden realization for you of like I really have voice and autonomy and and how I'm perceiving this how I'm creating this character um and even just having an experience that early on in the process of stepping into this world for the first time I was interested in in how that led to the way that you approached this job at the beginning because um I imagine you probably never thought that you were going to end up hosting a show like this but it's such a a fascinating skill set to end up developing as a performer yeah, it, it 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 is a pretty wild uh, journey from just even going from musical theater to where I am now. Uh, having the per- it's what's great is having the permission right up front to be yourself. Uh, for me specific, I, I mean, I'm a pretty introverted guy in the first place. Um, I'm very shy. I mean, when I was younger, once you got me going, good luck uh, getting me to. Uh, calm down. Um, but I've kind of, I've taken that into my adulthood as well. And so getting this job was daunting because I know how important it is to so many people, myself included. Um, and when Steve Burns and Donovan Patton, they both pulled me aside and, and told me to, you know, celebrate you. you, we cast you because you are who you are. So don't ever feel like you have to replicate or copy anything. That was just like, okay, I know how to do me, like trying to get inside of your head that that is a daunting task. And, you know, I wish that on no one. Uh, uh, So getting to be myself and bring myself to this role was something that I knew how to do. And what was pretty amazing was shortly after that conversation, I had the fortune of being able to watch them on set uh, film their things because uh, because we film on green screen, uh, because Steve wears green, we can't ever actually be on screen together when we film. Now there are different ways around it where we'll like hang like swaths of blue behind him. Uh, and so that, but we never actually cross planes. <laughs> So if you're watching the show, like keep an eye out for that because we don't ever actually, I don't believe ever cross frame uh, uh, from one another. I think maybe in season four, the past one that we shot, they found a way around it. But in that first season, we definitely did not do that. And that gave me the opportunity to watch Steve and Donovan do their thing. And what I took away from that was play. And uh, because I remember feeling like I had to white knuckle through it. Like there was a lot of um, imposter syndrome going on. It's a new job, uh, new medium uh, uh, entirely being on TV. Uh, But when I saw them playing, I was like, oh, I know how to do that. And so like in like one day, they were able to uh, make me completely at ease in doing this job that I never thought that I would ever do in the first place. But now I truly would love to do this job for the rest of my life if I can. 
That's amazing. And, and also with, with a role like this, there's such a specificness to the energy and the charisma, because in essence, you're really amping up a live audience. They're just not in the room with you in the moment that you're building and growing that. Um, and it's also that thing where, you know, Josh in the show has to be very animated, very excited by things, but you can't keep it at a 10 the whole time. You have to find the different layers of, you know, when are we going to bring it down a little bit? When are we going to amp it up a little bit more? Because if the response to every single detail and every single clue feels the same, um, then that's not going to engage the audience in the same way. And so how did you, how did you set about finding that, that initial energy and charisma that it needed? And then the different layers and textures of that. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, so I, I approach this the way that I approach every other script that I get, um, just because it's, it is a preschool, a show that's specifically geared toward preschoolers, um, doesn't change anything on my end. And especially because right from the, right from the get-go, the creators, Tracy and Angela and Steve and Joe and our amazing producer, Sarah Landy, and uh, supervising producer, Siobhan Gray, everyone attached to the show um, made it very clear that the most important person in this show is the viewer at home. Uh, they are your scene partner. And when they told me that, I was like, oh, I know exactly what to do with that. You know, um, when we're in a conversation, we don't stay at a 10 the entire time. And if there's anybody that's going to, you know, call BS, it's going to be a kid at home. Uh, they, they all pretty much always know if you're being genuine or not. Um, and they're some of the hardest uh, people to win over. And so I have to be very honest and I, I bring a lot of myself to the role. And while this is a fictitious version of Josh, um, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that is me, you know, um, when, whenever I ask a question, uh, I'm able to bring the most vulnerable parts of myself that I might not be so forward with in day-to-day -day life just because, you know, uh, I'm typically a pretty guarded person and I'm sure that everyone is, uh, but being able to do this job and be vulnerable and to be silly. Um, I look to people like Donald O'Connor. Um, I look to, um, uh, I think uh, uh, Steve gave me a great reference point for Buster Keaton and, and all that physical comedy. Um, but then there are other parts of me, like I grew up watching um, uh, television. I didn't have cable. It was just, a, you know, national TV. Uh, and there were a lot of like bad 80s action movies uh, that are a part of this character that I bring. So a lot of the lines will read exactly like they do <laughs> in a bad 80s action movie. Um, so it's a lot of fun, you know, I, I think bringing a lot of different notes to the character uh, makes life much more interesting for the people at home. And it certainly makes life much more interesting for me on set. <laughs> I love that. And, and you bring up that that concept there as well, where you're in a dialogue, you're in a conversation with the audience. And there's that very unique thing of, of call and response and and waiting for the answer. Again, you're, you're not hearing the answer being shouted at television screens across the country, but you know that that's how kids are responding to it. Yeah. Um, did you find the rhythm and pacing of that? 
quite easily at the beginning or was that that something that took a little while to figure out the dynamic of okay well how long are we holding this for like how much of a beat is there where I imagine that they're they're responding to my question right now yeah so there's something really amazing we have uh there's so much research behind our show um ever uh, before we even get on set uh research being done before they write the script while they're writing the script um during the storyboard process even throughout notes while we're shooting and then Mm post-production where uh, our team is constantly checking in with kids and their families to make sure hey does this make sense is this point coming across do we need to make uh tweaks uh to anything and in their research and at this point like 26 plus years of research since the show first aired they found that uh, there's something on our set called the four beat pause where we wait four beats for an answer. And so, you know, when I first started doing it, it felt like an eternity. I remember thinking like just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. So I'd have to count in my head, you know, like, well, what do you think? Oh, great. You know, like, and I thought, wow, this is really taking a long time. But uh, the research shows that is the perfect length of time. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, strangely builds suspense because if there are kids that um, get it right away and I'm still trying to figure it out, they start to go crazy and get more excited, which is, you know, the desired effect. Um, and uh, but the other side of that is that I have an amazing scene partner that no one ever sees and is rarely ever credited. Ashley Kranz is my onset assistant, but she's also my scene partner. So she is every single voice uh, on the show, including Blue, before the voice actors ever get to the booth. So whatever timing the voice actors are left with uh, at the end of the day, that's uh, from the work that Ashley and I have done. And, you know, she's like a big sister to me, like, and has just enjoys all of the terrible action movies that I enjoy as well. Um, and so like, we, we just have a really great, uh, uh, rhythm on set and we can play off of each other. And so, you know, the show would not be what it is without her 110%. That's really, really fascinating to hear about the way that the two of you work together, because, you know, in essence, you're, you have, again, you have all these scene partners that you can't physically see everything's green screen, but you're talking to salt and pepper shakers. You're talking to blue, you're talking to a mailbox. Um, and one of the things with that is even just the meticulousness of eyelines where you're talking to several characters there's an entire ensemble scene but you're the only person actually there and it's not something where the eyeline for blue is the same it's the eyeline in a wide shot versus a close-up is going to have you looking completely different places so that yeah. it looks right on camera and then because it's animated they're all moving around extensively and so what was that journey of really figuring out and learning a lot of those details of okay if the camera is here I actually need to be looking here to make it look like I'm looking here no it's a great question um you know I never considered any of these things until I got to set and learned. Um, you know, I used to take headshots and I love film and TV. And uh, so I like understand lensing um, 
to a point. But when I got on set and realized, oh, there's because of whatever lens we're on, the eye lines are going to change. So like you said, if I were to talk to somebody right next to me, uh, to an animated character right next to me, I would just talk to them right next to me. But because of the lens and whatever the um, the background is doing, I might actually be looking for their back or I might be looking too far back. So now I have to look like this, even though the person's like right here. Um, that process was definitely uh, difficult and challenging, but it was really, really fun because I love uh, being on set and I love asking questions um, from everyone on set. So whether it be the first AD, the director, the DOP, the grips, the gaff, anybody, if you're on set, we're going to be very close friends because I, I, I'm going to ask a lot, a lot of questions. Um, so it was a lot of fun um, because it is something very specific and a lot of green screen, there's a lot of green screen in everything these days. Um, you know, anecdotally, a lot of people have said that there's a lot of green screen in Blue's Big City Adventure, but we actually don't use any green screen, which is very, very funny. I guess people just assume that uh, because of the nature of our show, the only green screen in the movie is at the beginning when we're in Blue's house and at the end when we're in Blue's house. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's something that I think about that comes very natural to me now, not that I've been on set for uh, four seasons going on five, which is really exciting. Um, but every challenge that we've had is uh, something that I very much look forward to. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're bringing up that aspect of the movie as well, where it really is being filmed in the streets of New York City. All of a sudden you're in a park, you're in the middle of Times Square, you're near Grand Central. Um, and even just what the camera's doing in terms of the way that it's moving around your performance in a different way, there's a different dynamic and, and choreography to a lot of the scenes. And so how did that open up a lot of the space that you were playing to as a performer knowing okay it's not a static camera in front of me in essence if I move over here the camera's going to come over here maybe it'll come around to the side of me and that there was a lot of different things that you could play around with as a result yeah it's so interesting I think I remember the first day that we were shooting it was um the scene with Ali Stroker uh at the jazz club at the Blue Note um we were outside and it was the first time that I'd worked with Steadicam within the context of our show. And um, it's amazing being able to move around anywhere and they'll follow you, you know? Um, but what I didn't realize uh, when we first started in the first couple takes that um, if we're moving pretty quickly, like the Steadicam will drift a little bit. It'll take a second to drift so that it doesn't get too jerky or, or too, uh, um, too shaky. And I remember thinking, oh, well, you have to adjust to this. And like, oh, so this is now a new dance partner where I'm I'm dancing with uh, the camera operator, uh, Matt Fleischman, who's phenomenal. Um, really, really, uh, you know, we he saved me on so many shots um, because of just how good he is. Uh, but yeah, it's it it's it's a strange feeling because it is a fairly static camera when we're on set. But when we're out in the world, it kind of feels like swimming in the ocean. You know what to do uh, and you know how to swim uh, and it's very freeing, but there is just so much more space and um, 
a lot of different variables that now you have to account for. But thankfully, again, on set, everybody is so freaking amazing uh, that, uh, you know, they always had my back. Yeah. And there's so many musical numbers throughout the movie. And I know that it was important to everybody to have live instruments versus just, you know, studio sounds um, and more electronic creation in terms of the the songs. Um, And so what did that look like in terms of mapping out the choreography with the rest of the cast that would be in all of these scenes? Because again, it's, it's such a utilization of space, being able to play around an entire park in New York City, as opposed to within a singular space. Um, And then even just, you know, laying down the vocal tracks, but then giving in essence a live performance on set that's going to capture all of that essence as well. You know, what's so funny is that leading up to the movie, we didn't have finished music. Everything was still kind of being written. And I remember talking to the choreographers. I mean, the choreographers Lindsay Blaufarb and Craig Holloman and our uh, assistant choreographer, um, uh, Jessica Castro, uh, without the three of them uh, working on this, I mean, Lindsay and Craig, they, they uh, choreographed the movie and they also choreographed the, the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, they're amazing because uh, their creative minds, just for one, um, are so fresh and they're so playful. Um, and but they encompass so many different dance styles. They've been in the, the industry for a long, long time. Uh, and because they've been in the industry, both as dancers and as creatives, um, they know all of the best people. So everyone that they hired for this movie is essentially like whatever the special forces equivalent is of dancers. Like they come in, they learn it, they get the job done, and then they're out onto the next job. And um, so we are very, very blessed to be able to have uh, Lindsay and Craig working on the movie and then have access to everybody that they know. Um, and then in addition to that, like I said, the music was still kind of in flux. So we recorded a lot of scratch track. Um, I think I was in my closet, wherever I was staying at the time, recording uh, every few days, whenever a song would come in. And then uh, Steph Fink, our executive music producer, is uh, a, a, a yeah, music producer. She's amazing. And she was able to get all the tracks from point A to point B. And she really, really fought for live instruments. And it makes such a difference as opposed to canned music. Um, and so, like, we had these huge scenes in these amazing locations, like uh, Central Park, uh, 42nd Street, Times Square. Um, and if the choreography didn't match the surroundings, it would all kind of be like a boo, but it was the craziest experience. We learned so fast, but because the team was so, so good and so prepared, Matt Stosky, our director, um, always working with the choreography team and always working with uh, the music department, nothing was an afterthought. And I think that is why everything looked so good in the movie was because Um, with the limited time that we had, with the limited budget that we had, everyone was always thinking about, okay, well, how does this work with this department and this department and this department? It was never a situation where, um, well, that's not going to work, but go figure it out. Um, Everyone was really working together. And I think the result uh, speaks for itself. It does. And, and you were you were talking earlier about some of the vulnerabilities of the character and, and the authenticity of that. And obviously, throughout the arc of the movie, it's, you know, Josh is pursuing his dream of auditioning for a Broadway musical, which is something that he's always wanted to do. 
And there's such an interesting aspect of being able to create this growth and change in a character, but also having to have a consistency for audiences when it's for younger kids as well. You know, he can't suddenly become an entirely different person by the end of the movie because he's going to go back to Blue's Clues and to the show and to that world with kids as well. And even just episode by episode, it's you always want him to feel like he's growing and learning and changing, but never completely shifting. And so how do you navigate finding what that's going to look like? Like where you want to have that evolution, but you want to have the consistency at the same time. Yeah, I think it's a lot to do just with the fact that, you know, I bring so much of myself to the character. Everything would be, well, how would Josh respond to this situation under these circumstances? And the circumstances being um, uh, the circumstances of the character, like who are they? Where are they from? Um and how do they interact with the world? And so uh, I think a lot of that is uh, informs how I approach uh, a situation. Um, but as far as finding the peaks and the valleys, you know, Angela wrote an amazing script um, that really kind of pushed my character uh, to the edges of what we use, what we typically play. I think what's amazing about our show is uh, we were hugely inspired and the movie, we were hugely inspired by uh, Fred Rogers, uh, who is very important to me and uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, another movie that was very important to me. And when Angela told me that, I was like, oh my God, it's like this job was created for me. Um, and um, so our show, while it is an educational show, speaks a lot to uh, emotional intelligence. And a lot of that means that, you know, you have to be comfortable with being silly. You have to be comfortable with being vulnerable, uh, however difficult it may be, um, where as Josh, I might not typically go there all the time. So it's been, you know, hugely beneficial for me as like in growing my own emotional intelligence um, and, you know, being able to interact in this real world as this character, I think is what blends those two performances together. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say that it was easy to find that, that, um, those peaks and valleys, but it, it was uh, because of, again, everyone around me and uh, Matt Stosky, our director, uh, and all the actors that I was playing across from, like, it was just like tossing a ball around. It was, it was, it was easy. And with what you're saying there about this this role and, and the time that you've spent with it being something that has taught you a lot in terms of your own emotional sphere, I've also heard you say that a lot of this journey has been about learning to trust your own choices as well. And so I was interested in how you feel like you've really developed a lot of your confidence as a performer and your confidence in the choices that you make, because even going back to what you were talking about early on about the energy and the excitement of the character, you have to make quite strong choices in a role like this. Yeah, you know what's what's amazing? I've said this so many times, but it 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 doesn't stop it from being true. This job is like a paid scholarship. I've wanted to learn everything about film and TV ever since I was a little kid. I just never, you know, figured out that there was a path to to do that. And um, and I see why so many actors become directors or producers later on because you know they get to learn firsthand. They're in you know they're paid interns where they get to be the starring role. <laughs> you know. Um, 
So having access to uh, the information from these amazing people that I get to work with is huge. Um, I think finding the confidence to uh, to do this job and to make big choices comes from knowing about the show. There, as I don't know if there are people that know the show better than Steve, Dono, and I that aren't part of the creative producing team at Nine Story. Um, and uh, that's the production company that produces our show that um, uh, Angela uh, Santamara is the COO of. You know, uh, they know the show. Uh, the the supervising producer Siobhan Gray, she knows the show, and 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 the entire producing team. Um, but I only know that because I ask questions, and I, I've been really fortunate enough to have people answer those questions when whenever I ask. So uh, you know, the usual prep day for me for this movie and for um, for the show is to look at the shoot boards, look at everything the day before. Uh, I, I know where all the cuts are gonna be if there are discrepancies in the shoot boards that um, I'm a little bit confused of because maybe they weren't updated. And so I'm like, well, I don't actually know how we're getting from this point to this point. I'll ask before we ever start. Um, that way I have a clear map. Um, I'm typically always ask, talking with the DP or whoever's the camera operator, like what lens are we using? Where are we? Um, uh, and then when they're busy, I'll just like creep and look at the camera to see like, oh, okay, like I understand what this moment is. They're they're very tight. Uh, it's very shallow uh, uh, depth of field, so I should probably just stay uh, fairly still. Um, and understanding that really, you know, it's a lot of technical things that maybe other actors don't really need. But for me, I like to know those things to know because I, I hate wasting time and I hate wasting energy. And so if I can get it in as few takes as possible, then uh, I think everybody is ultimately happier, especially shooting on location, because then we can just move on to the next thing. I love that. And it's it's so great hearing how wonderful of an experience it's been working in the entire world of, of blues for you over the last yeah. few years. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's, it's such fascinating details to hear everything that goes into it. Really appreciate it, Josh. Thank you so much, Mara.